welcome. And today I thought we'd start with a quote and I don't have one prepared so I will just do a search and see what comes up ah, there is such a thing as quote of today on um, Muji's website uh, and that's muji.org slash quote of today so I've just discovered that <laughs> I just searched for Muji quotes and, and this was one of the suggested results so let's read let's read from today's quote from the light of one candle without affecting the original flame from the single awareness innumerable flames of apparent separate existences are lit and are burning with the same fire that fire is the self so let's read that one again from the light of one candle without affecting the original flame from the single awareness innumerable flames of apparent separate existences are lit and are burning with the same fire that fire is the self and maybe we can check in on that website every now and then and begin other episodes with that quote as well so I've been struggling this past week with with my own practice and I hesitate to use the word practice because it's perhaps not accurate in some ways because we are not practice infers that there's a doing being done there's an effort and there's a result wanted but for me practice means just the unfolding of the present moment and being aware just simply that the practice of just being aware of the present moment That's Ali's simple essence. 
and for me that's been a struggle and there's no one thing that can be pointed to to say this is the reason why as most things there are often numerous factors that can make an impact so for me that could be perhaps the state of my mind in this moment the challenges with that and that can include the pain body the trauma of the mind from the past and the challenges I have with anxiety and depression have arisen as well and it's covered up the present moment it's probably one way to put it in its simplest form you can of course expand and go into more detail of like thought patterns and behaviours and perhaps there are activities that trigger unconsciousness so I can certainly say that those are all possibilities and often in the unconscious state the last thing you want to do is be conscious which sounds strange to say but pulling it in a way that the mind wants you to stay with it the ego the mental formations that we call ourselves our, our thoughts it wants you to stay with them it wants you to it wants to give you another thought and another one and when you are identified with the thoughts where there's no space there's no separateness then thoughts about being present is, are painful even listening to spiritual videos no matter how clear how articulate how moving perhaps the speaker is the teacher is even that's painful and maybe not possible as well to absorb the pointing because it is often it's not the words that are spiritual it's what it's pointing to but if you're not willing or unable to follow the pointing then you are just simply listening to just words being spoken thing I haven't been doing to add to this is to be hard on myself to be you know god it's been a whole week or a large part of a week 
you know, you've just been wrapped up in the mind and playing, almost playing that game, you know, craving something, desiring something, and then, or avoiding something, fearing something, and always in that game of either desire or, or fear, you're always wanting to have something and then but pushing other things away, fearing it, and it's a very, a very painful state to be in. Especially when you are aware you are in that state. So perhaps, you know, I wasn't completely unconscious, but I wasn't conscious enough to to just step into presence. Either there was too much thought activity, too much identification. But, so there was space there, or there was awareness there, or knowing what was happening, but not enough to come out of it. And only now, as I sit and record, can I be present? Seems like this is a a way for me to step into presence. And I didn't think too much about recording. There was a brief moment that perhaps I should record today. It's been a it's been longer than I've wanted it to be and so I immediately turned on the microphone and got the laptop ready and try not to <laughs> talk myself out of it or think which is what's almost happened the last couple of days I've had the intention to record but that's as far as it's went the mind was too was too much in regards to telling me that perhaps it's it will be too painful to record or you know you're not present enough to do so and maybe in the last couple of days it was right or that's just simply how it unfolded maybe there isn't a right or wrong it's just just being unconscious and there wasn't the desire or urge to to step into presence which includes Part of that practice for me now is this, these recordings of and I've been aware of, as well as the unconsciousness, but just been aware of how unwell the my, I can use it loosely to term my, <laughs> my mind is. And it's very hard to describe because I can use words such as depression or anxiety, but you know, they're quite a blanket. They're quite, 
you know, it's, it's one of those words that you can get a gist of something, but it's really, it doesn't give that much detail to it. It's like saying, you know, I'm going to go on the internet. And what does that mean? In the old days, it would be a, a web page of some sort, but nowadays it's, well, you're going to, you know, stream, you're going to watch videos, listen to a podcast, or you're going to do your banking online, and so many things are associated with that word. And I feel the same way about my uh, mental health as well. As And the thought came the other day that I'm not even, I'm not well enough to describe the un, <laughs> the unwellness of what's happening to me. I took a fine, funny side of that because you need the mind to, to, to form thoughts and to be able to communicate that. Even me doing this podcast, I'm present, but there needs to be some sort of mind activity for me to for the words to filter filter into so what I'm saying is coming from presence but in order to communicate it needs to it needs to go through that mechanical part of us of you know the the mind so it can interpret you know it can organize the the words and express and communicate that and and it come out as the voice and this may sound hmm don't use the word dire or sad or bleak but um the you know whether the you know my mind becomes more unwell or less it's in some ways it's not my concern it's it's going to unfold as it does and that's not to say you don't have any control because you know you can do what you can to take care of the present moment everything else is as it as as it is we talk about the analogy of the river flowing you know the universe unfolding life unfolding and largely it's it's going to unfold as it does And, you know, for me in my case I can do my best to take care of the present moment which in its own way is the medicine and practice but ultimately you know if the mind is you know talk about myself my mind is dwindling away the memory is getting worse you know, it's becoming more dysfunctional in regards to perhaps you can add the pain body to it as well. And 
perhaps it's easier to use the analogy of the body if the body has a disease and you know you can do your practice of just taking it in your awareness so you're not adding to it and perhaps that may help the disease of the body to heal or it may help it and when I say heal I don't mean cure in that sense it, it may very well cure a mental ailment but by having some awareness there then it will minimize whether that means slow down or it would have some some beneficial effect to it the mind wants to project it wants to you know if we look at my example it, you know the, you know your mind may be saying well you know, there's lots of things that can you can be done or but we're talking about a future that doesn't exist So we come back to the simple practice of surrendering to the present moment. And for me, I feel that this is not giving up, but just simply allowing. That's that's all I'm able to do at the moment. I'm not able to, you know, I don't have thoughts or an urge to take action, which may again sound really dire that, you know, if you are suffering or you are in a certain place, then surely, you, you know, you, you want to try and get out of that use tools and things around you but I find for me that my mind is so unstable that one moment I could have a thought that you know there's a a book on depression I could I could read but the mind is so unstable the next day or the following week it's either forgotten or the urge has subsided and again it's this is where you can complicate things with the mind because we talk about free will and just life unfolding and the mind very much believes in free will you know you can do anything you can and it's not it's not completely wrong but it's not in some ways it's not true either you think about an achievement or something we do and 
perhaps there are a lot of external factors that need to come into play that have been aligned and aligned almost without your mind you know you may have done some effort and some things but other things have had to align as well it's almost as if nothing can occur outside of the universe's acceptance or the universe's will to do that in our mind you may think yes you know I did all that determination and I made it happen but hmm, if you were to self-inquire <laughs> in that moment and think okay who's this I that made it happen and then go through that process perhaps you would be surprised to find that you may not be able to find that person the so-called person who did all the planning and and it's not to say these things didn't happen but perhaps your the ego maybe blinds you to the totality of how things are unfolding the totality of you know if you were to leave to go for a walk and the people you cross paths with that's you know, you could look at that, and, and to the mind, that's nothing. It's oh, just passing by another person. But in the totality of things, all the things led up to that moment of you passing that person. It's there's a substance behind that. You know, there they that being almost had to align with your with you in some ways because of you crossing paths or if you were just to say hello and smile as you walked past that's that's almost a huge shift that's almost a huge thing happening there you can think about the complexity of life of of you know each each being each you know human being the complexity of all the things that have happened to them how things have had to align and all of the external factors and it's beyond almost beyond it's beyond understanding or at least my understanding and it comes back to that allowing accept accepting surrendering that is the true intelligence there the mind will never be able to you know create a timeline of all these things happen to me and you can imagine the complexity of that of trying to <laughs> list all of the external factors and this and that it's almost uh, it's almost the same as trying to calculate how big space is on a universal level it's all very simple it's just simply unfolding just like a flower comes up petals blossom then there's the returning back to that oneness the withering of the petals flutter down returns back to the soil but for a brief moment it's it's there 
and that's sometimes how we look at our lives as uh, as separate. We don't take account of the roots of it, the soil. the connectedness, the wholeness. And that's where it can be quite liberating to have that, you know, there's no me and my life, which can be very fearful, very painful place to be in. And pretty much how what it's been like for me, you know, as much as I'm aware of this, you can still, that's how much the, the mind can hypnotize and bring you in, you know, draw you all of your attention. It can absorb all of that and cover up the present moment. You know, let alone if you didn't know about the awareness, it's, you know, it's not a huge chance of you know stepping into the present moment. But even with this, you know. And if knowledge is the right word, but maybe the awareness of being aware, awareness of the illusory mind, you still can get caught up in it. And it's just simply part of my path. Everyone has their own unique path. We all have our own unique pain bodies of what we've been through and we carry our life experiences, our life situations are all unique and so too is our practice in some ways and we may have different challenges but the same ultimately the same practice applies to us all So perhaps it's a good, good moment to read some of The Power of Now. Again, it's one of those episodes I feel like I'm not sure if I've made much sense just simply because I can almost feel the, un, you know, the unwellness occurring now, even though I'm present, but it feels like maybe I'm not articulating as clearly, or at least that's my Im impression. But I guess it's understandable. It's like, you know, if you're driving in a car and the windscreen is steamed, there's some steam there, so you're not quite sure if you're, you know, in between the two white lines. It's almost like that for me. So, you know, my mind's, the dysfunction of it's causing a bit of a haze, so it feels like it's very hard to evaluate what's being said when on other days the windscreen is clear and I'm, I've got a very, you know, I'm more connected to what is being said and if my, you know, my expression is clear, so. So I'll just look up the section we're reading about just to And it's um, using and relinquishing negativity uh, that makes uh, brings it back. So we we were talking about 
almost negativity being our spiritual practice. And I'll just uh, locate where we were last. Okay. You may have heard the phrase, turn the other cheek which a great teacher of enlightenment used 2,000 years ago. He was attempting to convey symbolically the secret of non-resistance and non-reaction. In this statement, as in all his others, he was concerned only with your inner reality, not with the outer conduct of your life. Do you know the story of Banzan before he became a great Zen master? He spent many years in the pursuit of enlightenment, but it eluded him. Then one day, as he was walking in the marketplace, he overheard a conversation between a butcher and his customer. Give me the best price of meat you have said the customer and the butcher replied every piece of meat I have is the best there is no piece of meat here that is not the best upon hearing this Banzan became enlightened I can see you are waiting for some explanation when you accept what is, every piece of meat, every moment, is the best. That is enlightenment. And we've now got a new uh, title for this upcoming section of the book, which is called The Nature of Compassion. Having gone beyond the mind-made opposites, you become like a deep lake. The outer situation of your life and whatever happens there is the surface of the lake, sometimes calm, sometimes windy and rough, according to the cycles and seasons. Deep down, however, the lake is always undisturbed. You are the whole lake, not just the surface, and you are in touch with your own depth, which remains absolutely still. You don't resist change by mentally clinging to any situation your inner peace does not depend on it. You abide in being, unchanging, timeless, deathless, and you are no longer dependent for fulfilment or happiness on the outer world of constantly fluctuating forms. You can enjoy them, play with them, 
create new forms, appreciate the beauty of it all. But there will be no need to attach yourself to any of it. Question. When you become this detached, does it not mean that you also become remote from other human beings? Answer. On the contrary, as long as you are unaware of being, the reality of other humans will elude you because you have not found your own. Your mind will like or dislike their form, which is not just their body, but includes their mind as well. True relationship becomes possible only when there is an awareness of being. Coming from being, you will perceive another person's body and mind as just a screen, as it were, behind which you can feel their true reality as you feel yours. So, when confronted with someone else's suffering or unconscious behaviour, you stay present and in touch with being, and are thus able to look beyond the form and feel the other person's radiant and pure being through your own. At the level of being, all suffering is recognised as an illusion. Suffering is due to identification with form. Miracles of healing sometimes occur through this realisation by awakening being consciousness in others, if they are ready. Question. Is that what compassion is? Answer. Yes. Compassion is the awareness of a deep bond between yourself and all creatures. But there are two sides to compassion, two sides to this bond. On the one hand, since you are still here as a physical body, you share the vulnerability and mortality of your physical form with every other human and with every living being. Next time you say, I have nothing in common with this person, remember that you have a great deal in common. A few years from now, two years or seventy years, it doesn't make much difference. Both of you will have become rotting corpses, then piles of dust, then nothing at all. This is a sobering and humbling realisation that leaves little room for pride. Is this a negative thought? No, it is a fact. Why close your eyes to it? In that sense, there is total equality between you and every other creature. One of the most powerful spiritual practices is to meditate deeply 
on the mortality of physical forms, including your own. This is called Die Before You Die. Go into it deeply. Your physical form is dissolving, is no more. Then a moment comes when all mind forms or thoughts also die. Yet you are still there, the divine presence that you are, radiant, fully awake. Nothing that was real ever died, only names, forms and illusions. And here we reach the symbol to pause and reflect. So the you know the first twenty or twenty-five minutes of this podcast can be can be summed up with a couple of sentences we've just read. which we can uh, go over. It says, at the level of being, all suffering is recognized as an illusion. Suffering is due to identification with form. That's all it is. And another word for identifying is you can perhaps use the word, you know, blinded by form, you know, in regards to it covers up your awareness of the now. And this is where, you know, suffering opens the door to polarities, to fear as well opens a door up to the mind thoughts about your physical form or your mental forms and here Eckhart there's many examples in his talks where he, he can almost sound very flippant, but once you begin your practice, you almost see the truth of it, where he says here, you know, a few years from now, two years or 70 years, doesn't make much difference. Now, if you say this to somebody who may not be in touch with their beingness, who may not be aware of these pointings it can perhaps you 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 know you could predict the result of that if you were saying that to somebody else who was highly identified with their mind you know if to them you know 10 seconds makes a huge difference you know we can I'm sure we've all seen it where somebody's wasted 2 minutes of queuing up or something and the reaction all of that anger and frustration because of those wasted 
two minutes. Eckhart talks about the physical form and mental forms as almost as a screen for their true essence. And if you look at today's society, how the world is, this is completely, there's complete unawareness. Or the only awareness about it is conceptual awareness that Yes, you know, we have a soul or we have an essence and, you know, deep down we are all connected. But in reality, for that person's perspective or how the world's run, the physical form is everything. You know, the mental forms are everything. So important. to go into social media that's probably a good exercise to see how how much importance there's been put into physical form and this is just simply the surface of the lake you know we use the analogy of waves and oceans and here Eckhart has used the analogy of a lake and the undisturbed stillness deep down. It's always uh, ever still. And this is what we can connect to. This is, you know, if you imagine ourselves almost outside of the lake, when we are connected to the mind and by going through our spiritual practice, our connecting to our beingness, we are, you know, descending down into the lake, more towards our essence. So we never, we never lose touch of the surface, we never lose touch of thoughts, you know, of the form we have, physical form. Those would always be there because they are one with that lake. It's just like Eckhart talks about the screen. It's quite an apt word for it to screen because the screen is very, you know, it's almost just a covering up of something. But we make the screen seem like a jewel, a very priceless diamond. And we mentioned before to, you know, to honor and there's beauty in the physical form. beauty in the forms of the mind, what can be created, what comes up from awareness into the mind, but the true essence of beauty is that beingness behind that screen. And that's seen through the physical form, you know, that's seen through the expressions, the the mental forms 
So you're not ignoring them, but you're almost honouring them, seeing them, but also seeing the beauty that is behind it as well. So let's uh, continue for a, a little longer. The realization of this deathless dimension, your true nature, is the other side of compassion. On a deep feeling level, you now recognize not only your immortality, but through your own, that of every other creature as well. On the level of form, you share mortality and the precariousness of existence. On the level of being, you share eternal, radiant life. These are the two aspects of compassion. In compassion, the seemingly opposite feelings of sadness and joy merge into one and become transmuted into a deep inner peace. This is the peace of God. It is one of the most noble feelings that humans are capable of and it has great healing and transformative power. But true compassion, as I have just described it, is as yet rare. To have deep empathy for the suffering of another human, of another being, certainly requires a high degree of consciousness, but represents only one side of compassion. It is not complete. True compassion goes beyond empathy or sympathy. It does not happen until sadness merges with joy. The joy of being beyond form. The joy of eternal life. And perhaps it's a good place to stop here as we've reached the end of this narrative about compassion. And the next title is Toward a Different Order of Reality. So Eckhart says, true compassion goes beyond empathy or sympathy it does not happen until sadness merges with joy, the joy of being beyond form, the joy of eternal life. That's something we can perhaps reflect on for a few moments. And what strikes me here is the the wholeness of it all. You know, it's recognizing the sadness of what is happening, it's recognizing 
the empathy or sympathy when it's not dismissing the joy of being And for me, I, I see that as the joy of being is almost you know, everything comes from this. And when you are truly connected to that, nothing can, you know, not even sadness can, can go there. There's almost, there's almost there's room for sadness. I remember Muji saying once, there's... There's room for all of this, for sadness, but it doesn't overtake you. You are connected to being. You are connected to joy. Even in a what can seem like a sad situation. You are not, you know, you are seeing it as it is. If, you know, something sad was to happen and we all have our own you know, interpretation of that. So perhaps you can just think of, you know, what you think of as sad and and also be aware that you can also have joy in that moment as well, in the beingness of that moment. So that's how I see that. Okay, well, I hope there was something communicated in, the, in that reading that that can assist you in your, you know, I use the words path and journey, but ultimately they're a path to journey to nowhere. <laughs> you know, you're not progressing, but, but you can still use those words as long as, you know, that understanding is seen almost uh, but hopefully these paragraphs we've just read assist you and they certainly have helped me today okay so thank you for joining me I wish you well in this one moment that we're sharing here together, a totality of oneness, <laughs> and I'll speak to you again very soon. Take care.